Welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by Manscaped and brought to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin safe technology so you don't nick, cut, or scrape those sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and ball deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. We have a week six matchup against the Eastern Michigan Eagles. It's going to be a good game. The Huskies, you know, the season hasn't gone as we have planned, but we are on a collision course with a team who's kind of had that same narrative. Eastern Michigan is one and four on the season, and they just found their first victory last week against Western Michigan, where their offense absolutely exploded. Let me check in with my co-host, Ethan Wiles, and then we'll go ahead and break down this matchup. Hey, it's good to be back. Obviously, we breezed through these five games very quickly, obviously five tough losses, but I think it's a learning opportunity for this team, and I've said it every every podcast now. I mean, I think every game so far they've taken a lot away, and I think there's a very good opportunity again for this team to get the their first win of the season and really build that momentum going into next year. Yeah, and that's the perfect you know starting point for this episode. It's the last game of the season. You know, there are some questions about eligibility with some of the upperclassmen. We know guys like Tyrese Ritchie are staying. I know Daniel Crawford was in the press conference and he didn't say yes or no to staying. So he's kind of up in the air, but I asked him, you know, with this possibly being your last game in a Husky uniform, you know, what can we expect from you this weekend? And, and Daniel upfront and honest with me was like, I'm going to just go hard. So I can expect a big game from that offense. This is a like, like I said, an Eastern Michigan team that's kind of in that same transition phase that Northern Illinois is in right now. They lost a lot of their upperclassmen last year. They are starting to kind of find their rhythm similar to us, but they were able to finish a game. I know they had an absolute disaster of a game. I think it was against Central Michigan. Where they blew like a 17-point lead at the end of the game. But when you talk about this Eastern Michigan team, the first thing that comes to mind is their quarterback, Preston Hutchinson, who, like we stated last week on the podcast, on the recap episode, he went for like 330 yards and three touchdowns. So he had a phenomenal game. That's a kid who can beat you with your legs. He can make all the throws and has just been overall a great addition to that Eastern Michigan to that Eastern Michigan team. Ethan, what are your thoughts on this offense and kind of how our defense, I mean, our defense kind of regressed a little bit last week. If you ask me, what do you think the best attack is for this offense? I think one thing that stands out to me right away is when you're looking at the season leaders and 
Boone only has 34 carries on the year when you're comparing him to Harrison Whaley, who's got 84 on the year. So very big difference in terms of how often they decide to run the ball. Hutchinson also as well only has 169 passing attempts on the year. Ross has 175. So I think you're seeing more of a a passing attack out of Eastern Michigan. And as long as the, the defensive line can get a pass rush on the quarterback, which is something that we really haven't seen much of this year, I really think that this is a team that's that's beatable. I mean, we were I'd say I was pretty surprised to see the score last week when Eastern beat uh, Western. I I thought for sure Western Michigan was going to roll them. But, you know, I mean, looking at the line here, Eastern's only a, a six and a half point favorite going into this. So I think that this is going to be a really balanced attack game. I think that this defense will have an opportunity to make plays through the air. And if the defensive line, like I said, can get to the quarterback. Finally, after six games, I think that this will give NIU a, a great opportunity to set them, set their offense up in great field position and finally, you know, put some points on the board in, uh, in the second half. Yeah, and one thing I kind of want to make a note of right now, I'm looking at the uh, weather report for Ypsilanti. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. For the state of uh, Ypsilanti, Ethan, if you don't remember that from a few weeks ago, but the weather for Saturday, 70% rain. So obviously we know... I mean, just from living right by the stadium that Coach Hammock has those players practicing in the element. We have a beautiful facility with the Chessick, but with COVID and with everything going on this year and just the fact that Northern plays a lot of precipitation games, whether it be snow or rain or sleet, they've been practicing outside. So I think they're going to be ready for all the elements. It's going to be a you know slippery game out there. It's going to remind me a lot of that Western Michigan game from last year at the end of the season. And even the Eastern Michigan game, I know he got popped off like 48 to 10 or something really bad last year. We were down there in the in the uh, in the Fatties. Uh, what's it called? The Fatties Lounge. I forgot what it's called. The, the Village. The Fatties Village. Yeah, that's where we were at. It's been so long since I've been in there. I forgot what it's called. That's how you know we need to get back out there. But right now, you know, this team has really hit their stride. I know they haven't won a game. I know they haven't been able to close out games. But if they can piece together four quarters of the way that they can play in the first half and have played in the first half. Over the last three or four games, there's no reason why they can't go out and beat this uh, Eastern Michigan team. And then, like you said, too, it's a team that is heavily reliant on the pass. So with a lot of rain and bad weather, you know, they're going to probably try need to try to run the ball a little bit more. And, you know, we do have a very good run defense. I was going to say I did not know the weather report. I would like to have known that before I said uh, anything about getting to the quarterback. I don't think that that's going to matter now, like you said. I mean, We've seen Maxion football now. We've seen Maxion football in the rain, and we know what it's going to be. And you bring up how good this run defense is. They really were able to shut down Toledo on the run last week, and that was one thing that stood out to me from that game was just how well that they were defending the run. And like Coach Hammock said after the game last week, they thought that they were going to run the ball a lot more, and they didn't. So they prepared well for the run, and that showed. And I think that this is going to be another week that Coach Hammock gets his defense ready for a heavy run game. and. Like I said, I mean, if they decide to go through the air, I mean, I'd love to see them get to the quarterback. But if they stick to the ground game, we we saw what this defense is capable of doing against the run last week against Toledo. If that comes down to it, I mean, I I think I use the better defense here. Yeah, and it's a perfect, you know, get right spot after the performance that they had, especially in the last, you know, in the second half last week, you know, 41 points, you never want to give that up in a game. But it's something that we talked about on the recap episode where, you know, the offense wasn't really moving the ball. They weren't able to get points on the board. And if I'm not mistaken, I do believe, did Richardson miss in the second quarter or the third quarter? I know he had one missed field goal and, and one made field goal from Saturday. 
Yeah, I thought it was in the second half. Yeah, I think it, yeah, because I think they drove down the field and he missed like a 45 yarder, which is a rare occasion. I think his first miss on, on the year. So, you know, you want to be able to get points any which way you can, because like I said, I think Eastern Michigan scored like 56 last week. And that's on a very, you know, very good Western Michigan defense. Uh, some, some roster notes, obviously, again, Lance DeVoe not going to be in the lineup this week. Uh, Deverne Rainier will start and, you know, he's played real well in that position this, you know, this season, you know, in relief for, uh, for Lance DeVoe. And, you know, it's a tough situation. We would hope that Lance, you know, maybe gets another shot at eligibility, but that's a guy that's been here for about five, six years. So we'll see what happens, but no huge roster shakeups. I'm a Jag off. And I asked coach Hammock in the, uh, in the press conference. Cause you know, last year they had the Husky special. I didn't, you know, I wasn't trying to tell them to get into game plan, but when I was in the press conference, I was like, you know, do you think we're going to see a little bit more aggressive play call or, you know, you got any tricks up your sleeve for this weekend? And he kind of, Kind of chuckled, and he goes, you know, I think the other coaches in the conference, you know, watch these press conferences, so I think I'm going to leave that one out. But, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I want to see some crazy stuff on, on Saturday. I think Coach Hammock has some tricks up his sleeve for this Eastern Michigan defense. And, and again, Michael Love was dressed last week. Remember that. Our fourth or fifth string quarterback, Michael Love. Between that and what the fake punt, I think really Coach Hammock's starting to bring out those tricks a little bit, and I really hope we do see those on Saturday. Yeah, and he's got a couple onside kicks to his credit this year. We've been very close on both of them. Got a hand, and I think both of them just weren't able to corral him and bring him in. But, yeah, this defense is is going to be a, at a little bit more of an advantage, you know, for two reasons. Like I stated, you know, they play and practice in the weather, in the elements, in dirty DeKalb. You know, it, it rained every single home game last year. They know how to play in this stuff. And – like you said, Ethan, you know, they're they're probably not going to be too prone to trying to attack too far down the field. I know they have a quality receiver in Harrison Bedoin, who was actually a walk-on, a special teams player last year, um, and he's kind of made a name for himself, and he's up for, you know, a national walk-on player of the year award. So they do have, you know, kind of a similar makeup. They reward their walk-ons. they got some lunch pail guys. And the one thing we didn't talk about, you know, yet, but it's the uh, – it's the Patton Bowl. You know, Braden Patton's dad is a is an offensive uh, you know coach over there at Eastern Michigan, and and Braden is you know one of the captains on our team and the anchor of our line. So that's always an interesting matchup. And I actually asked Braden. I said, you know, any possibility you and your pops would want to come on the show, you know, following the game. And I don't know if that will happen, but that would be totally something that I'm all good with because that would be a uh, an interesting dynamic for our last you know recap show of the season. I really do think that's an interesting dynamic. I mean, how often can you say that, like, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, been a player when my dad was a coach for my team, but, like, going up against this team every year, you know, they're in your conference. Like, I don't know. I feel like there was some, there's some family blood there. I feel like the Thanksgiving dinners are kind of interesting. I feel like the Christmas time coming up will uh, definitely be interesting, depending on who wins this football game. You know, maybe there's some Christmas presents on the line. Who knows? But, uh, Braden's a great guy, great friend of the program, and I'm sure uh, the entire Patton family is just uh, as nice as he is. So uh, hopefully we do get them on, but hopefully it's after a Northern win. Yeah, and I was going to say, classmate, friend of the program, friend of ourselves, great guy. 
hopefully he can go out there and get a win in what potentially could be his last game as a Husky. And, you know, one thing that was talked about in the press conference and kind of before, and we noticed it out there on Saturday, you know, obviously with no fans, no parents there, there was no like proper recognition or proper send off for the seniors. So I'm assuming in the, in the coming weeks, obviously with the season being over, there's, you know, no bowl game at the end of this season. This is just going to be a season, you know, where this team, kind of licks their wounds, gets back in the weight room, gets back in the film room, and just gets back to it and gets ready for the full season next year. But the seniors on this team still have a lot to play for. You know, you got to remember, last year with COVID and with everything that happened, luckily our guys were able to get their pro day off, but the NFL draft was not very forgiving to the small school guys. And you got guys like Kyle Pugh, who could potentially be playing in his last game, who has NFL aspirations. Guys like Daniel Crawford, like I said. And then even, you know, a guy like Braden Patton. Some of these seniors that do want to play at the next level want that opportunity. And obviously, you know, with an 0-6 record, it's hard to find positives in that year. But they're able to get one more opportunity. And that's one thing, too, that we, you know, we've kind of talked about on the podcast is, like, look at the bright side. We, have, we were able to play all six of our games. There was another cancellation. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but there's been a cancellation like every week for the last few weeks in the MAC. So it is what it is. You know, we're at this point and, you know, one foot forward, one step at a time, this program will be back. And I honestly cannot wait to see how the class of 2020 meshes with, you know, We'll call it the quasi class of, you know, we'll call it the quarantine class. I mean, like I graduated with my undergrad literally in the middle of this pandemic. We are the forgotten class. No graduation. There's a lot of guys on this roster. I would say a lot, a lot but there is a, a good handful of guys that are upperclassmen, that are seniors that you can expect to see in a Husky uniform next year due to the reason of, you know, the COVID-19 virus and the way this season kind of panned out. I think one thing to note while we're on that topic, uh, you talked about how, you know, there was some cancellations, but really Northern Illinois was one of the, you know, the many, but few at the same time schools that were able to play all six games. And that truly is a testament to the discipline of this football team and just how well Coach Hammock has a, you know, a hold on these guys and is able to, you know, coach them the right way, coach them on and off the field. And really that just goes to show, how well of a, a training program we have here as well. So, you know, really a props to our athletic team. We never really heard if there was any, you know, positives. Obviously, we hope that there isn't. But, you know, the fact that this team was able to play all six home, or all six games, really just, you know, play these games in hopes to, you know, develop themselves and develop this freshman class, freshman, sophomore, young class into what should be a very good football team. Because like I've said for five weeks now there are flashes of talent with these young guys and you know we can name them off you know two hands right now on just how many guys have you know made an impact so far from this freshman class and there's going to be a handful more that make their opportunities and this this week truly is the opportunity week for a lot of guys whether it be like you said the seniors who might might have their last game in a husky jersey this week or the freshmen and young guys that are going to step up, you know, late in this game, if if that is the the game flow, if they you know want to go a little bit, get the backups in and and go that route with it being the last game of the year and get some guys some reps, then that's the way it has to be. And I think that that really will show what year this was and and what year a 2021 football season will look like. 
Yeah, and one thing that I want to do, uh, you know, we're obviously, we've talked about it, we're going to transition into basketball coverage, obviously, with the end of the football season. Bear with us, it's finals week. We've had a lot going on in both of our personal lives. If you guys were listening last week, I was taking care of my grandpa and my aunt's house full of animals. So we have had a very full plate. We will get to the basketball coverage. But one thing that I want to do, and one thing I'm glad you brought up, uh, with with the emergence of so many freshmen on this team, but I want to have a formal award episode where in some way we can each, you know, we'll each pick whether it's freshman of the year, team MVP, offense, defense, stuff like that. And uh, just give an opportunity to kind of, you know, shine light on the way that some of these guys have played. Because like you said, guys like Jordan Hansen, guys like Devin Lafayette, both freshmen, uh, guys like Deverne Rainier, Harrison Way Lee, Trayvon Rudolph is leading the entire country in kick return yards. The entire country, not just the Mac, not just the team. Well, yeah, everything, the entire country. There's no one that has run kicks back as far as Trayvon Rudolph this year on average. And the fact is he still has yet to bust one out, but he's still, I, I'm telling you, like just watching it from, from the press box last week against Toledo, he is so close to busting one off. And I really think that this is going to be the week for him. I know I've called it just about what, for the last three, four weeks now, but he is explosive on kick return. He gets those blocks. He is gone. He's taken one to the house. And I'd love to see that be the start of this football game. Well, Devin has their action. Yeah, and honestly, I'm not going to lie. Every single kickoff, one of us has our phone out just ready to record it. And we haven't, you know, we've. I think we may have posted some on some socials. But, you know, when that touchdown one hits, we might not be there because I think it's going to happen this week out there in Ypsilanti, out there in the state of Detroit. But, uh. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Like, I, I understand the frustration. I understand, you know, people want to win football games, and, and 0-5 sucks, okay? We got to find a way to win a football game on Saturday because 0-6 stinks a lot more than 0-5. And although I don't really think it's going to deter or or make this team down on themselves because that locker room and those guys, they come to work every single week with their head held up high, and they go out there and battle until the very last whistle. And I know we're not a moral victory podcast. We're not moral victory guys, but you have to be able to take the positives with the negatives. And the way this team has been trending, you got to only think the future is bright. Again, back to the recruiting classes that we're bringing in. And now, you know, in what would be year three for Coach Hammock, there is, in a sense, not not really any room for excuses. He, he's got an, an opportunity to get his players in and he's not a guy to make excuses. So I, I, I worded that wrongly. I do apologize for wording it like that. But, you know, some of the bullshit that we see online is people saying like, oh, well, it's on Coach Hammock or it's on Coach Eisenis or it's on Coach Jackson. At a certain point, the players have to go out there and make plays and coach can call a great game. But if the players are not executing, it's something that we hear from our guy Matt Nagy all the time. You got to go out there and execute. The players aren't executing. There's really nothing that we can do. And, and it's not like we haven't been in just about every single game except for Central. I mean, even Central Michigan at the half, there was 9 nothing. For at least two quarters of every game, it has been within around, it has been within about 10 points, I would say. Which, in a college football game, especially in the MAC, that can be overcome in, in a minute or two. Like, we've seen crazier things in this conference. And like I've said before, I mean, this really is a, a testament to this football team and how good they are and how good they can be. I mean, do I think that 2021 is going to be, you know, the MAC championship year? Obviously, I hope so, but I still think you're going to experience a lot of those growing pains from, you know, the freshman class 
developing. I think you're still facing that transfer issue where you're, you know, you're still building the team. Now it's just going to be a matter of developing it, giving them a 12 game season next year. I think you're going to see some bumps in the road, but you know, come week eight, week nine, you're going to see this team come together in 2022. You get these guys going together. A lot of, you know, you're talking Harrison Whaley's of, of this team are going to be in their third year. This team is going to be so good in the next two to three seasons. And, you know, it's unfortunate that we are seeing that growing pain right now and we're, we're living it. We're living this 0-5 season and we hope to you know, get that first win of the season and get that momentum going into next year. But this team has a bright future, whether it be 2021, whether it be 2022 or 23 even. There's a lot of opportunity for growth on this football team and a lot of opportunity to build on the roster that Coach Hammock finally, I think, has set and, and really has just started to work on the development now. Yeah, and one thing, too, that I want to point out kind of more towards the game plan of this week is I think you kind of brought up the perfect point. We've seen some crazy matching games. Like, I don't know uh, if they're if the point total, if they're expecting a lot of points in this game. You said the spread was, what, a touchdown? Eastern Michigan favorite in this game? Yeah, six and a half. Let me pull up the over-under, because I honestly feel like this is a game that can finish in the 20s and probably will finish in the 20s. 55 and a half. Okay, so that's fair. I, I feel with the weather, with the way that we play, which, you know, we have nice time-consuming drives. We can hit you with a quick strike, too, but with the way that they run the ball with Aaron Collins and Harrison Whaley, and if that offensive line can get a push... I'm not going to say let's, you know, let's dribble the clock out or take the air out of the ball, but let's definitely have some nice time-consuming drives and let's keep that defense off the field. Let's win the time of possession battle. Let's not turn the football over because a game like this, if the ball ends up on the ground, we've seen it go all over the field. So, and they have a very nice turf out there. If I'm not mistaken, they have like a silver turf pretty cool uniforms, nice little setup over there. But yeah, 70% rain, it's going to be about 50. So it's not going to be like too overly cold. It's going to be like uh, just how it was at any game at Husky Stadium last year. So I think we definitely have the advantage in that aspect. But Preston Hutchinson, 71 carries on the year. Not crazy on the yards, but he's a big boy. Like I said, I believe he is 6'3", 220. So he is definitely not... He's right about right around the size. He's 6'2", 203. So he's a little bit smaller than Dustin Fletcher, but he can definitely tilt the rock when he needs to. I agree. I mean, I think that there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the MAC, and I think NIU's done a really good job of shutting them down. I mean, we were able to really kind of quiet Ellaby up in western Michigan, and this defense has shown all year that they can really mount up to the best offenses in the conference, and eastern Michigan is not one of the well-known offenses in the MAC, obviously. I mean, if you're looking at their their numbers here, they do put up 405 total yards per game, but most of them come through the air. So I really think you're going to see a great opportunity for this NIU defense to shut down the run, force Hutchinson into some passes. The ball's going to be wet. You're going to see a lot of action from the defensive backs this week, and it's going to be a key to this victory. Yeah, I want to see uh, I want to see Dylan Thomas interception this weekend. I want to see actually if we got any defense. On that, on the side, on that side of the ball, I know we've had quite a few guests from that side of the ball. I want to see a party in the end zone. I want to see a touchdown. 
I know they made their way onto the Unnecessary Roughness uh, page last week. I saw it's, it made its way to Dylan Thomas's header. It's a very cool picture. Uh, they have that, that little background, and they bring the background on the road. So, I mean, I've seen it at the Ball State game. I'm, I'm assuming that it'll travel with them to the Eastern Michigan game. There is no game that this team walks into and, and thinks that they're losing. I've seen some kind of meatballish or low-hanging fruit questions from other media members and press conferences, and it's like, these guys think they're going to go out and win every week, plan to execute and play that way. It's not like they're going out there and they're like, oh, we played Jared Patterson this week. We're going to get smoked. Or, oh, we played Dwayne Eskridge this week. We're going to get, you know, trampled. They're out there competing. And one of the final points that we'll make on it is this year counts, but it doesn't count in the terms of eligibility. And there is going to be, I would assume the rosters are going to be a little bit expanded next year due to COVID and for the next few years. So it's going to be a very highly competitive camp and a full season with some great non-conference games like you've talked about on previous podcasts, Ethan. But with that being said, who do you have for players of the game on offense and defense? And then what is your prediction for this game? Well, I'll start with the offensive side of the ball and something that you touched on earlier is these drives and how to sustain these long drives. And I think if NIU comes out the way they came out last week in the first half, the entire game, there's no way that they lose. I think that that was a well-coached first half by Coach Hammock. It was a you know great, great called first half. And, and obviously we didn't see the same result in the second half. So like you said, if we're able to piece together all four quarters of the same 30 minutes from the first half of last week, there's no stopping this football team. So on the offensive side of the ball, we talked about the weather. I got to go Harrison Whaley, man. He has just been running the rock hard. He's been, he's quick, he's electric, and I love to see him every week get the ball. Uh, Ross Ross has done his job, and I think that obviously he's able to move the ball down the field, but with these conditions, we're going to see a lot of the run games. So I I will go with Harrison Whaley with the offensive pick. Defensive side of the ball, a guy that made a play last week. Nick Rattine is going to make another big impact. With the run game, with the pass game, all of it this week, we're probably going to see a lot of the run as well from Eastern, and he's going to blow up a lot of plays on the defensive side of the ball this week. So I will go with Nick Rattine on defense. Yeah, and for me on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with Harrison Whaley and that running back room. I feel like, you know, we've seen him get a little bit more of the workload in recent weeks, but I feel like with the weather and just everything going on into this game, I feel like there's going to be a little bit more of a run-heavy attack. You could probably expect to see some Dustin Fletcher sets in this game. Uh, obviously, we know Ross is a talented runner, but Dustin Fletcher is clearly a, a superior runner in that aspect. Obviously, we had the fumble uh, last week, something that was kind of unpreventable. Maybe if he lets the running back take it, I think it was either Whaley or Collins. I can't remember off the top of my head. You know, maybe he was able to get a couple yards and not get blown up by three defenders. But, you know, it is what it is. On to the next play. We're on to Eastern Michigan. So I'm going Harrison Way Lee. And then on the defensive side of the ball, my guy, I'm calling it Dylan Thomas. I called his last interception, but I did call pick six. So I'm going to call an interception in hopes that a pick six happens this time. And I'll take an interception either way. We want to see a great game out of him. And that secondary is going to be busy. We know Jordan Gandy as well has had a great season up to this point. And then our guy Devin Lafayette in the secondary has performed phenomenally and has been on, I believe, uh, either PFF or some of these stat analytically rated uh, websites for, you know, player of the week from a, you know, professionally graded, you know, third party. So absolutely great to see that. 
another note, you know, before we wrap up, we'll we'll just kind of touch on it. But NIU basketball absolutely blew. <laughs> they blew it again. They blew it again. And, uh, yeah, they ended up losing in overtime in their conference opener to Ball State. Ethan, I don't know if you were able to take in too much of the game. But anytime you know, you see your team has, I think it was about a 10-point lead with less than eight minutes left, and they're not able to close out. Very frustrating. And the way this season has gone, on the opposite end of the spectrum with Coach Montgomery, that's a guy that's been here for 10 years. So there is really no excuse to have that output from our team now four games into the season winless. And the road does not get any easier from here. They've got, I believe, Iowa coming up this weekend. That's going to be a tough matchup. Iowa looks as good as anybody in the country right now. They've got one of the best players in the country right now. So, uh, yeah, Luka Garza is a freaking dog, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 going to be fun to watch. I think I, I'll tune into this game. I, I was not able to see much of the Ball State game, like you mentioned. Finals week is kicking everyone's ass here, so yeah, I was able to or unable to tune into that one. But like I said, hopefully we we're able to see this Iowa game this weekend, and hopefully we're able to celebrate a, a Husky football win first. Yeah. So to the point that I was making. NIU, with seven minutes and 50 seconds remaining, was up 54 to 47 and had an 85% win probability at that point. They ended up letting the game go into overtime, and they lost 79 to 70. Uh, The high on the day, again, Trendon Hankerson shot 7 to 20 from the field. Um, And then to follow that up, Darius Bean also had 18 points as well on 7 to 17 from the field. Hankerson logged 44 minutes, which means in the course of the game, he only took one minute off. So win, lose, or draw, we know we're going to get out of trend, and that's a kid that has all the heart in the world and a lot of talent, too. So we want to see this team start to kind of, you know, win some games and play. You know, they're playing competitive basketball. They're just not able to close out. And, you know, we saw that in the first game of the season against UIC, but Darius Bean also logged 42 minutes, so he only sat for three. So, yeah. It's uh, it's tough sledding. Uh, like we stated, you know, once football is over with and, you know, we'll be on winter break, we'll have a little bit more availability to go to the games, get in the press conferences, and just kind of get a better feel for this basketball season. But, yeah, we definitely hope that they can pick it up. This matchup against Iowa, it's on Saturday, correct, Ethan? It is Sunday, 1 o'clock. Okay, so, yeah, Sunday, 1 o'clock, Iowa's 4-0. <laughs> Matchup predictor on ESPN has Iowa 97.3% to 2.7. And uh, no spread available. Can't bet it anyways in the state of Illinois. Remember that, people. But if you are on the the other side of the border, do not put your money on NIU this game. Uh, I can only imagine this is probably going to be like a 30-point spread. And... I watched Iowa play against North Carolina the other day, and they had their way with them. And they have a really, you know, not only is Luca Garza probably the best player in the country right now and an unstoppable force and worthy immovable object, yeah, they're able to kick it out and hit a lot of threes, and they can shoot the basketball very well. So this is a game where we cannot afford to have, you know, those long four- or five-minute streaks where we're not scoring a bucket. All I've got to say is this program has two big opportunities to get two very big wins. NIU football, obviously on their way to building a, a new start with this football team and building a, a new culture here with Coach Hammock and, and with Coach Montgomery. You know, it's just a matter of, of him getting back on track with this team. We've seen very successful basketball teams 
last year, for example, I think it's tough to replace a guy like Eugene German. Both teams looking for their first win of the seasons and both big opportunities to really, you know, have a statement win. Yeah, and we'll be here to cover it for you. Again, for those of you that have, you know, hung out with us and listened to the show during the season, I know it's not our not the way we started. I know we had a lot of interviews, a lot of interaction with players and coaches. We'll definitely get back to that in the offseason, get some football players on here, get some basketball players on here and you know, anybody who wants to talk about, you know, NIU athletics or their experience here as a player, coach, or an athlete. So it's something that we've had a lot of fun and we're coming up here to on our first, you know, official year as a podcast. So it's it's been so much fun recapping the games, previewing the games, getting to know our student athletes, and then too, you know, getting to know the listeners and the people that, you know, make NIU the great community that it is. So we do appreciate everyone for listening to this episode. Ethan, do you have any wrap up thoughts here before we close out the show for today? Time to get a dub. Hungry dog runs faster. You know it's always the Husky. Let's get the first win of the season, and let's build that momentum going into 2021. Dogs eat birds, right? That's the saying? Yeah, I don't know what Eastern Michigan is. What, <laughs> they're, what is Eastern they're an eagle. They're an eagle. They're, we're okay, trying to get yeah. inside the eagle, bro. Oh, God. Yeah, the Husky, yeah. yeah, dogs eat birds. Dogs eat birds, baby. Stay tuned. We'll keep you guys posted on everything. And also, too, you know, with the, with the holiday season coming up here, we're a couple weeks away from Christmas. Don't forget to check out our friends over at Manscaped. Use promo code ONTAP. You'll get 20% off your order and free shipping. We got nothing else for you guys. It's time to find a way to win a football and a basketball game this weekend. And go Huskies. Yeah. I got drinks on living left. In the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks on living left. In the kitchen whipping magic. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in hard.